Hey, welcome to Transfer Tea. Today I'm here with Josephine and Nella, and we're going to be talking about their journey to USC. I'll let them introduce themselves, and then we'll get right into it. So, hi Nella, do you want to go first? Hi, so my name is Nella. I'm now at USC Marshall, and I transferred from the College of San Mateo. Hi guys, I'm Josephine. I just currently also transferred to USC Marshall as a junior from CSM. Cool. We're going to start this going all the way back to high school. You both had very different ways that you ended up at CSM and things that you did while you were there. So I guess we'll start with Nala and we can talk about what high school was like for you and what led you to the College of San Mateo. Okay, so in high school, I definitely thought I was going to go to a four-year, and junior year when I was taking the SATs, I was constantly getting scores back that just weren't good enough for a four-year university, and I could not get over a thousand, and I was like, oh my gosh, like what the heck am I going to do? And CSM in community college was the last option standing, so I ended up taking it and going to CSM and looking back, it was the best decision for me. Awesome. And I'm assuming it wasn't an easy decision. Like after you have gone through like tutoring and taking the SAT so many times, how did you sort of come to terms with that? I came to terms with it because it was the only option left. I mean, when I got denied from all the schools I applied to, wasn't getting good enough test results. Community college was the only thing left. And so I started, I applied to CSM, started taking classes there, and it all worked out in the end. Awesome. And what about you, Josephine? I think it was a bit of a different high school journey for you that got you to CSM. Yes, definitely. So I went to a high school where my class got, like some of the students from my class got into very prestigious schools like Harvard, Yale, Princeton. So it was very competitive in my end. So my parents came or they immigrated from China and they've always emphasized, you know, the importance of education and like grasping onto the ticket of like the college degree where you can get more opportunities into the world once you come out of college. So in high school, both of my parents were always like, okay, after high school, you have to get into a four university or else you're not going to do great in life. And like, you know, they didn't like, they never gave me the choice to attend a community college. But um, so, you know, in high school, I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply to these schools um, just to see like where I end up. And, you know, my parents like wanted me to do that. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. So I applied to, you know, like UCs, like state schools, um, a couple of privates. And once I got those like letters back of like acceptances or like rejections, I did get I did get into like some UCs, states, and like privates. But like I just didn't think like none of the schools I applied for they were they weren't the ones that like I really wanted to go for. For my mom, it's like whatever UC I got into, she was like, okay, like I'm proud of you for that. Just go to that school. But then for me, it's like, do I really want to go into that school that I don't even really want to go to? So I talked to my mom and it took me like two hours to persuade her and like convince her to like, let me go to community college. And I'm like, you know, I can change my whole life around. Like I can like go to like a better school, a school I actually want to go to. And maybe like community college will prep me for the four year university life. So that, that's how you got to CSM for sure. Yeah. What, like you said, it took you two hours to convince your mom and it was she kind of had the mindset of like any UC is better than a CC what what kind of advice would you give to students who 
are kind of in a similar situation where they feel like they have a lot of pressure from like their home background uh, to push them to go to any four year as opposed to taking two years out of CC. So for what I told my mom was that I didn't think I was ready for a four year university. I didn't think I was ready to move out of the house and like take care of myself. Um, so I think really just sitting down and like thinking through of what you're ready for. So for me, again, like I wasn't ready to live by myself. I just wanted more time to like stay at home and like study. Also, like I saved a lot of money too. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be honest and have that conversation if it is really what you believe in. I really like that. So for the both of you, like when you started at CSM, what was that like? And then Um, I guess, again, we'll start with Nella. Maybe you can talk about some of the extracurriculars that you were involved in and what you did sort of besides schoolwork at CSM. So when I started CSM, I was in the year one program when it first started. And that really helped me because I had one counselor I was meeting with regularly. And every month I would meet with her and tell her my updates. When I started, I brought my counselor all this told her all the schools I wanted to go to and I had printed out the articulation agreements for each school and I told her I want to meet each of these schools agreements and these are my top choices and we'll work our way down and see what classes I need to take so I could match all their expectations or requirement. I met with my counselor and I brought her the USC articulation agreement and we sat down and made a student ed plan and she had told me I would recommend having some safety schools and meeting their agreement, uh, their requirements too. So when you apply, you have more of like options when you apply. And so I said, okay, and me made my ed plan where I could meet the UC, CSUs, some privates, all of their agreements to make sure I was on track to finish CSM in two years and transfer to a school that I wanted to go to. I wasn't particularly involved in any activities at CSM. I instead worked a lot and was in some like nonprofit organizations that I volunteered for. I volunteered in organizations that I genuinely liked and wanted to help. Rising International was one, but besides that, I worked, was in that organization, and school was was what I mostly did. (laughs) And did you start as a business major or did you change into that later? So I started as a business major and then I got into construction management for a minute and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I can see myself doing that. But taking more courses at CSM and more like business related courses, I liked it more. And so I decided to apply as a business major when I applied last fall. That's really interesting because from what I know about Josephine's time at CSM, like is so different from what you did. And I think it's important for people listening to kind of realize that two paths that are super different, kind of doing your own volunteering and working versus, you know, what kind of Josephine will talk about. Both of those can lead you to where you want to go. There is no like one right way, but I'll, I'll, I won't spoil it. Like Josephine, what did you end up doing at CSM and what was your transition like? Yeah. So basically my first semester at um, CSM, I remember that I made a promise to my mom. I was like, okay, I'm going to get out of here in two years. So I'm going to get out of here in two years. So my first semester, I wasn't very involved in anything. I was like, all right, I'm going to school and I'm going to go home right after and just study and work hard and like, you know, get out in two years. So that was like my mindset. But then 
after my first semester, I started getting these emails about like honor society and like different organizations and clubs on campus. And I'm like, Ooh, like this sounds pretty interesting. Like maybe I can add that onto my application for, you know, my college application process. So I started attending um, an honor society club called Alpha Gamma Sigma. And um, after joining that for a semester, I started getting to know, you know, the officers more because I want to connect with them and what they were doing kind of inspired me to like, be in that in their position so I was like oh being like you know treasure for this club would be amazing so I started like talking and getting to know um, the uh, treasure of Alpha Gamma Sigma and after my first semester of joining Alpha Gamma Sigma I was actually nominated and I ran for the position of being treasure and after obtaining that position that was when I was like oh my gosh, like I need to get more involved here. Like it's actually pretty fun. And like, that's when I built kind of like, how do I say this? It was like, it made me like want to do more in school. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to be more involved. So I'm like, okay, like later on, I found out that student government, there was a student government on campus I didn't even know about until I made, made these connections um, with these officers in this club. So they told me more about student government on campus and like other opportunities. And I just, you know, went out of my comfort zone and I tried to get into these, you know, clubs and organizations and other things, extracurricular activities. And once I got there, I was like, that's when I found like, I guess like the leadership inside me. I'm like, oh my God, like I love this. Like I want to continue doing this. That's really cool. It is true that it t- it takes time to kind of find things and sort of figure Definitely. out what you want to do. Were there any times that you sort of got into extracurriculars at school and then you were like, no, this isn't for me? Um, no, because whenever I kind of like wanted to get into a position like a leadership position, I always thought to myself and was like, okay, can I manage this with my school academics? Can I, you know, balance this my work? So I tried to like have incorporate like time management and like try to see what I can do and I can't do so I don't overpressure myself. So what advice would you give to students who are interested in getting involved on campus but don't really know where to start? Yeah, so definitely make connections because wherever you go, just try to make friends or like talk to people. Because when I went to CSM, I didn't know, like a lot of my friends went to like four-year universities. So a lot of my friends, I didn't really have friends at CSM. So um, definitely like reaching out to people and like getting to know people because like a lot of you really don't know like um, like a lot of people I talked to I didn't think that they'd be like president of like PTK which you previously talked about one of your podcasts I listened to <laughs> um, like you know there's like a lot of like clubs and organizations that you don't know until you reach out and like talk to people so I guess like one advice is like to talk to people and like get to know people because you never know there's always like more information I like that so The next sort of area, I guess, that we should cover that a lot of people have questions about when it comes to community colleges to private universities has to do with that, the application process. And so like Nellie, you briefly touched on looking at articulation agreements and what the transfer application to USC was like for you. So applying to USC is different, much different than like a UC and CSC application because they want to know more about you they take letters of recommendations, they look at your grades, they really look at you as a whole person. So applying to a school like USC definitely took more time, but so worth it at the end. I think what really helped me with my application was the letters of recommendations I had from my managers at work. 
my essays, I was so passionate about what I was talking about. So essays and letters of rec. Yeah. I really took a lot of time to make sure they truly reflected me and what I was trying to say. I love that. That's a lot of what I kind of push for when people ask uh, about essays. I think it's just so important that your essays are authentic to you and your passions. I guess sort of the same question directed at Josephine, but what was your application process like? What do you think stood out when you kind of look back on your application? Yeah, so when I got into CSM, I was like, all right, I'm just going to focus on UCs. So USC wasn't even really on my mind, to be honest. So when I was talking to, like Nella mentioned before, uh, when she was talking to like a counselor to make this whole uh, articulation or ed plan, it was basically focused on my IGETSI. And it wasn't until I talked to a counselor and he kind of persuaded me and was like, okay, you should apply to USC because you have the grades for it. You're doing all these like extracurriculars. And I always had USC in the back of my head. Like even in high school, um, I was like, all right, like USC, like it's like one of my dream schools, but I just don't think I could get in. And even when I was at community college, I'm like, I don't think I would get in. So I never had it in my head to like apply. But uh, it wasn't until I talked to the counselor and he was like, you should apply. So it kind of, he kind of pushed me to apply and um, the USC application compared to the UC application, it wasn't like that much different for me because again, I focused on the UC application. So like a lot of the questions were very similar, but just like worded differently. So when I submitted my UCs, I kind of, and I got into my USC application, I kind of like looked into what I have submitted for my UCs and uh, went from there and only changed like a little bit of things and like when Nella said the USC one was a little bit more personal they wanted to know more about you so they did ask me like goofy questions like what's your favorite book like if you were a snack what would you be you know um, so it was for USC's application was more fun for me. Wait, I want to know what kind of snack would you be? I said I would be a sour belt a rainbow sour belt. I see that okay thanks. <laughs> But I think what stood out um, was also the letter of recommendations. I know that for USC applications, it's not required, but it is recommended. So again, going back to like extracurriculars and like making connections with um, people you meet at school and like also like your professors and stuff. Once you build that connection, it's easier for your professors and like your advisors or whoever you're working with to write letter of recommendations. What uh, sort of advice would you give to people who are tr um, going to go ask for letters of rec? Because that can be really daunting for a lot of students. Yes. So I asked um, one of my advisors because I was in student government and I worked really close with one of my advisors. So I just, you know, it's, I know it's very daunting. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go into, you know, their office and ask for a letter of rec. And what if they say no? But just know that a lot of professors like helping you out. They love it. And like, they love it when you go into their office hours and like chat with them. So um, I walked into my advisor's office and I was just like, very briefly, I was like, hey, like um, I'm applying to this school and I was wondering if you could write a letter of recommendation for me. And Basically, I don't know if like all professors do this, but what he asked me was generally he was like, oh, so why do you want to apply to this school? Um, what do you want to major in? Like, why is this important for you? And like simple questions that like help build the, the letter of recommendation. So that way it's a little bit more personal for them too. I had, I had several of my professors have me like email them just with a little bit about myself because while they know you and you were in their class and like you obviously stood out, which is why you went to them, 
they just they have so many students every year so it like doesn't hurt to do that i'm also curious nala because you said you had sort of people you worked for write your letters of rec what was that sort of like did it feel scary to ask for those letters of rec and like what advice would you give when people are sort of looking at more professional letters of rec as opposed to academic yeah so i actually got like a professional letter of rec and an academic one and i wanted both so the school could see me from like different standpoints and so my uh, manager at work he was so happy and was like to write me one and just because he knows me on a different level than like a professor but I also asked one of my English teachers at CSM and I think he was able to write me such a good letter of recommendation because I was constantly in his office hours I told him like I want to get an A what I need to do is constantly trying to get help make my essays better so he knew me like from outside of his own class. And so both of these different standpoints and like having them know me from like a, in a personal way, they were able, I think, to write really good letters because they knew me from more than just like my job and my task. Um, also adding on to what Nella just said, just going into office hours and building that connection with your professors, they reach out to you sometimes too. So in my experience, I had one of my other advisors from AGS reach out to me and she was like, oh my gosh, like if you need a letter of recommendation, feel free to like email me. Like I would love to help you out. And I've had a professors too that knew that I was going to transfer and they were like, oh my gosh, like if you need one, like I'll send you, I'll send, I'll write one up for you really quick. So just building those connections, like personal connections is so important and will benefit you in the long run. Exactly. Like it's not something that you're doing for, I mean, when you're in your like second semester of community college, you're not like, oh, I need to go to office hours. So they'll write me a letter of rec in a year, but it eventually kind of pays off in that way which is really cool exactly. um, beyond just the fact that you now have a relationship that will last forever. So I really like that advice from the both of you. And honestly, like my letter of rec advice is literally the same, uh, which I think goes to show that if you sort of follow that, you'll get good letters of rec and that really does impact your application. I think we could jump into a few of the questions that we got and then we might go into what USC has been like and what that transition has been like for you. So the first question that we've gotten that I get a lot just about private schools in general is how did your sort of general education credits and your community college credits overall transfer to USC? So I was lucky enough that all my credits from my community college transferred to USC. And that is because I followed the articulation agreement. When you they um, on the USC website, you can type what community college you're going to and there's and they convert each of the classes. And when you have that to base off you're if you follow that, you're good and all your classes will transfer over. So all my 64 credits transferred over. Just the only thing was I need to take two of uh, general ed classes here at USC. So besides that, everything else transferred over. Is that kind of a rule, like, does everyone have to take a certain amount of gen ed at USC, or is it just based on what you took before? So all transfers do need to take two general ed classes at USC when they transfer. It's really cool that they have that articulation agreement, because that is not the case at every private. Um, speaking from experience, I think that's really, really helpful. So our next question is sort of along the same lines, but a lot of people have asked questions about 
language requirements and how that sort of works um, at USC and then maybe specifically to USC Marshall? Yeah, so language requirements honestly depend on the major that you want to major in. So for example, again, like Nella and I are majoring in business, so language isn't required for our degree. However, we are living with like six other girls or seven other girls, and they're majoring in like psychology and like communications, public relations or whatever. And I know that language is required for their degree. That's, so that's interesting. And it's probably something you can find on the website as you look like major. Yes, definitely. Uh, but yeah. And then another question that I actually saw on like a Twitter feed was about, and I think this is really interesting going back to like how Nella sort of started her journey is about SAT scores and what standardized testing looks like uh, for USC when you're a transfer. So I believe when you have more than 30 credits at a community college, they don't look at your SAT scores. And so because I had 64 units, they just looked at my community college um, record or transcript. So SAT wasn't even a factor when they were looking at me for the admissions process, which is such a great benefit for me because having done so poorly on the SAT, it was so nice to have that fresh start and just like going to community college and like for getting everything behind me and just starting fresh and having a new goals and intentions in mind and making it happen. Which also goes to show, sorry, that your, um, your SAT score doesn't define you at all. Like it doesn't matter what your score was, look at where you are now, which is just so important to sort of also put out there. Cause I think probably high school, you would have really, love to see where you are now and be like wow so it doesn't matter that I'm scoring how I am. I do know that um, although you don't have to say the SAT for me at least I had to go back to my high school and ask for my high school transcript so I think they do this because they just want to see like the progress you've made throughout your community college or whatever college that um, you got to but I do know that the high school transcript is required but the SAT isn't required unless you have like 30 units done. Gotcha. That, yeah, so 30 units, almost like if you've done a year of CC, basically, right? You can transfer to USC after one year being at a community college, but I believe you do need to send in your SAT score, depending on how many units you finished your first year. But you can transfer to like a, most private schools after one year or two. Yeah, it just sort of changes what you need to send in and what things look like, for sure. Um, yeah, so I think that answers a lot of the like application-based questions. Definitely people can get in contact and like let us know if they have more. We can maybe do like another just like USC question and answer episode. But I want to just go back and touch on like what the rest of your journey was like and sort of what you learned from that. So when, when did you get your USC acceptances and what did life look like after that uh, we can start with Josephine. Okay, so I remember, let me just talk about my UC because I, I told you that I did apply to UCs. So I applied to UC Irvine and that was like, at the time when I wasn't even thinking about USC, I was like, this is my top school, my top business school that I want to go into. Um, and I started applying to the other, other UCs. So UC Irvine, UCs come out first. UC Irvine came out first and I got fully rejected. And I'm like, oh no, like that obviously put me, you know, 
kind of very low <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel good about myself. So I'm like, okay, it's okay. I have other, you know, colleges are coming in. Like I have other letters waiting for me. And then UCLA came out. And then I remember um, one of my friends, Ashley, and like a couple of other friends, they were like texting me, like asking me if I got in. And I'm like, nope, didn't get in. But then I got into, I was looking to the email more. And then it said they wanted to extend an opportunity for me to get into a waitlist. So I'm like, oh no, I got rejected from UC Irvine, which I thought I would get into because USC is just so much harder to get into. Um, so I was like, okay, like, I, and I got waitlisted for UCLA. So at this point, I'm like, I don't think I got into USC. Like, there's no way. I got rejected. I'm waitlisted. Like, I don't even know what to do. But then when I got my acceptance um, in June, it felt so surreal. Like, it felt like my hard work has paid off. And, like, it was just, like, it was, like, a validation that, like, I, like I'm here. Like, I made it. That's so cool. Like, you don't have to let, like, your failures or rejections or anything, like, define this, define who you are. Like, you never know. Exactly. Like, yeah, for Stanford, like, did you think that you'd get in, like? I didn't even show, like, I basically didn't really tell people unless they sort of pushed to know. And I think I told you because we sort of bonded over the, like, USC, Stanford, like, we're never going to get in. Like, let's talk about it. And I remember we had that conversation, too. We're like, we're just like, we're just going to apply just to see if we're going to get in. But we just apply just to see, like, you know, you never really know. Yeah, it's worth doing. And to, to compare the fact that a school you really thought you were going to get into didn't let you in versus a school you didn't think. I had the same with Georgetown. Like, Georgetown, I was like, 12% acceptance rate for transfers, like, so much higher than two, like, for sure. And I didn't get in. And I didn't even get waitlisted. I just flat out got rejected. And it just, that's sort of like the transparency of this podcast is just to show that you can't really predict things like that. Exactly. Um, now I'm really curious to know kind of your like acceptances, rejections and how USC sort of panned out. I think USC is like the last one that comes out too, right? Yeah. So I remember like for UCs, you had until like the beginning of June to like accept um, your acceptance. So at this point, I was like, all right, UC Davis is like my choice. I'm going to go there now, even though I didn't really want to go there. I was trying to make the best out of it. And then I want to say I got in like June 1st and June 1st was the deadline for UCs. So I got in June 1st and then I'm like, wait, oh my gosh, like that's so crazy. Exactly. I don't know if you want to like. Yeah. So I have a similar experience. It was so funny because I applied to NYU too. And NYU and USC were like my uh, top reach schools. And so those were also also the last ones to send their admission um, decisions to. And I had my safety schools, the ones I thought I was going to get into. San Diego State and Cal Poly were the ones I got denied from. Well, I was waitlisted at Cal Poly, but ended up not getting in. And when I had found out, um, I got into USC. I was like, oh my gosh, I was so happy. I literally started crying. And then within the next hour, I found out I got into NYU. I was like, wow, like the two schools I thought I wasn't going to get into. And I was just like, had that little like, like dream inside of me. Like, oh my God, like what if I got into there were the ones I actually did get into. And it just goes to show that this system is pretty random. Like I felt like San Diego State was going to be like a breeze to get into. And I, when I found out I didn't get in, I was like, what the heck? 
Um, but yeah, it's just so funny how it all works out in the end. And I really do believe hard work pays off. Yeah. And, and seriously, like if you can't take away from these three stories of like the people who are like, oh no, you'll for sure get in there. There, No one can say for sure, unless you tag, um, <laughs> there's like no guarantee. I kind of also want to ask you guys what your advice would be for the transfer process first. So what advice would you give to transfer applicants, people filling out those forms, waiting on their letters, whoever wants to answer that? I can go. Um, I've always heard like naturally smart, oh, they can do it versus like, versus not being naturally smart. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you are. It's about how much work you put into it. And being dyslexic and getting like a thousand on my SAT, I was like, there's no way in chance I'm gonna get into schools like this. But with hard work, I'm literally gonna start crying. Anything is possible and it all pays off. So my tip of advice is to not let standardized test scores or like the name of the school define who you are. And once you get into like community college or like wherever you go, um, just like put yourself out there and don't be afraid to like get out of your comfort zone and your bubble and just make the best out of every opportunity that comes your way. You're so right. We're like everyone's here to like do better and grow and successful. So, yeah. Well, thank you so so much. Good luck. You're gonna be amazing. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Transfer Tea. Tune in on Thursday for Transfer Tip Thursday, and hopefully next week for another interview. Bye.